and welcome to show number 11 of the Back to Football podcast. That's the number one podcast for people who probably should talk about something other than football. It's Thursday, the 18th of July, 2019, and I'm joined in the studio by John Miller. How you doing, Dan? All good, very well. Uh, you're on a good streak of uh, shows here at the moment. I am, it's, yeah. It's like, what, four or five yeah. in a row that you've been on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to disappear for a while so you can get, uh, yeah. get Greg the Egg in. Or... Get Greg the Egg or another guest presenter. Yeah, um, yeah shout out, Greg. Um, big show coming up today. Um, we've got a bit to talk about. Uh, we've just been discussing that I've probably been slightly busier than you this week for yeah. once. Um, had a, a long weekend just gone. I had the Friday and the Monday off work and used that time um, productively for once. So on the on the Friday, yes, I'm just going to take you through it here. Take me through. Chronologically, take me through chronologically. Retell the story uh, as it happened on the Friday. One of my cousins uh, got married. So congratulations to Taylor and Gemma. Congratulations, Taylor and Gemma. Um, and I had the honour of being the wedding photographer. Ah, oh, brilliant. How did that go? Have you done anything like that before? No, it was my first uh, wedding that I've, I've photographed in that way. I mean, how, how was it when you had your wedding? Who, who was the photographer? Did you know him? Uh, we didn't know him personally, but everyone thought we did because he was a boy. Like he was like, you know, everyone thought he was a mate. Like he was, he was really good. He blended in. Like he was having a beer. Like he, he would just like snap you in. He wasn't looking. He got like some great shots. Yeah. Um, so it was definitely well worth it. But no, we we, we didn't know him. Sweet. But out. he was brilliant. He was brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it it was my first one, um, and yeah, I enjoyed it. I was a bit nervous beforehand because it's big pressure that day. Yeah, of course. You, the wedding, you can't really reshoot moments of the wedding in particular. The first dance and the, the actual ceremony itself, yeah. you know, there's no, oh, hang on, I didn't get that shot. Can you just yeah. do it again? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's quite big pressure at the time. But, yeah, it worked out really well and it was a good day and I would be tempted to consider doing it again, put it that way. Yeah. Oh, obviously... It's an option. As it was a family member, did you do it for free? Uh, more or less, like they, like um, some costs were covered, um, but yeah, it was it was more or less for free. And I know that wedding photography is expensive. Um, from most people I've sort of spoken to that have got married, they're they're looking at. I mean, I don't know whether you want to reveal a sort of a ballpark figure of what your wedding photographer costs. Um, a ballpark figure, I would say wedding photography is usually probably between a grand and two grand. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, most most people have said sort of low, a lower figure of about a grand. So, um, yeah, it's certainly expensive. And I think some of that comes with the, the territory of, you know, you've got one chance to do this. You've got to get it right. Why would you sort of, uh, why would you not spend money uh, to make sure that you get it right? But mm. yeah, two grand, you're talking about some serious money. But yeah, then if you're spending, if you're dropping 50K on a wedding, then probably what's 2K to make sure that it's it's yeah. captured forever um, or at least for the six months until you divorce, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is uh, a reference to the uh former king of Malaysia I think this week that divorced from his uh, he abdicated the throne to marry his, his Russian bride and oh, then nice. um, 
six months later they're uh, they're divorced yeah there and, you go um, she's there you go Not very so wealthy she's very very, very wealthy. wealthy yeah um so yeah to continue with my my the chronological anecdote of yes. my uh, of my weekend saturday wimbledon court number one um, yes i did see that on the old social yeah so the, the girls final uh, which was really good won by a ukrainian uh, over um an american i'm not too sure of the names uh Siniga, I think, was the the overall victor in that game. Um, but yeah, great game. Lots of uh, breaks of serve. The girl that won the the junior girls championship, um, her first serve was about sixty eight mile an hour or something like wow. that. A lot quicker than which mine. is really well. Yeah, but it's that's about you know probably half of the speed. Yes, of, of course. Say, yeah. Um, Serena Williams or, yeah maybe yeah, Serena yeah, Serena Williams is up, up there up man I'm sure she's done like 120 yeah. 128 before yeah so it's quite impressive to be honest to win um, a, even a junior championship with a with a slow first serve like that mm. um, certainly shows that you know other parts of her game were, were really good um, and also saw some of those exhibition games yes um, guy called Barami who Barami, does all the trick yeah. shots trick shot stuff um, definitely would recommend going to see him yeah. but Wimbledon is an incredible event I just love that place it's like yeah. a theme park and the theme is tennis and the theme is and tennis it is I was actually meant incredible. to be there with you yeah I know actually. I heard I meant to add to unfortunately uh, give, give my ticket away so uh, uh, maybe next year eh? prior arrangements prior arrangements yeah responsibilities yeah <laughs> deadline yeah and then uh, Sunday chill one and then Monday I had a round of golf my first round of golf for a while oh nice um, in the week that the uh, the British Open uh, Open Championships taking place in uh, Royal Port Rush over in Northern Ireland and at time of recording uh, we're recording pretty much midway through Rory McIlroy's uh, opening round of the the weekend and he shot four over par on the first hole. So Ooh. home uh, tournament, probably the only time he's ever going to yes. play a major in his prime in his own backyard and he shoots four, four. over par on the yeah. opening hole, basically ruining yeah. the whole yeah. weekend. Like he'll struggle to even make the cut. He probably will, but you know, it's and then he shot, big I think he got a bogey on the third as well. So things not going well for... Uh, Rory McIlroy at, at time of recording but good luck Rory I hope you kind of pull it back but there's no chance mm. unless he shoots a hole in one somewhere yeah. um, really four struggle. over par on, on the first hole is, is a lot of damage but I played golf uh, to go back to myself yes. um, called the, the, the back to myself podcast um, <laughs> and it was good it was good but it's tiring it was 26 degrees 27 degrees out on that course Richmond Park, not a lot of uh, shaded area, lots of big open fairways, takes its toll after a while. Have you, John, uh, have you played golf before, like a big round of golf on an 18-hole course? I have not. I have done a driving range, which is yep. um, and What's your hand-eye like? Ball, hand-eye ball coordination? Yeah, it's pretty decent, pretty decent. Oh, I must say, I must be be- I'm a bit better at the old football golf, which, as we explained on the uh, previous podcast, when I went to a stag in Budapest, football golf, but it was on a massive proper course. golf course. Yeah, proper golf course. It weren't one of these little small, like, you know, miniature golf football ones where you've got to kick it five yards and get around the corner. Like, you had to give it some welly um, to get halfway down. 
and then you were just about it was all about that precision precision and weight of past and then get it closer so you could probably on average do it in three yeah um, so that's my sort of experience of that big level sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. big field yeah uh, uh, golf football <laughs> golf but not I've not played golf I've just done driving range um, I like foot golf I've done it once as well on a on a stag do and again it's that I think it's one of the, the physical challenges of actual golf is it's so repet it's a repetitive yes. motion and action, um, and you know after a hundred plus repeats of yeah. that that motion, it, it it takes a bit of a toll, and that's what you find with foot golf is you're constantly just trying to smash the ball with your right foot, yeah, and you're not doing any of the the other bits in between yeah. that you would do in a normal football game where you're running around constantly kind of using sort of your core muscles and on all your muscles whereas mm. foot golf you just end up with like a, a sore leg at the end of it but yeah um and that that was kind of how i was but it was good um my first round in about a year and uh not gonna reveal my score but please say... you got to do it the <laughs> listeners um, the listeners are really key yeah um it was in the it was in the hundreds let's put it that way <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, no, still good. And that was with about 10 lost balls. And I and I hit a, a 12 on one hole. So Rory McIlroy shooting four over par on the opening hole at Portrush uh, is nothing to worry about, Rory, because I yeah. shot... You shot, shot 12. I shot a 12 on a, on a par four. So um, yeah, not good, but uh, nice to be out on the course. And of course, the, the weather itself has been amazing. And hang on, we played tennis as well last week. We did. I was going to bring that up. But, yeah. Um, I forgot. Been uh, a good sporting week. We we did. Yeah. We we got we got in the tennis bug and we uh, we played played a little doubles game, didn't we? Yeah. Mixed doubles. Mixed doubles. Yeah. It was a bit of a rotational thing. It, it was, was five indeed. people. It was five of us. Four yeah. spots on the court. Yeah. Four rackets as yeah. well. I think if there had been five rackets, you would have we had a little three on two thing going Could on. Could have maybe. done. Could have um, done. Been a bit tricky, but yeah, yeah. Could have worked. Was good. That was good. My service game wasn't, uh, wasn't well, I great. Like you were in, my in returns, the, yeah, um, were, were a lot better. In there at the deep end, I think with the whole service game thing, like you, uh, have you played much? No, 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 no. Don't play much tennis at all. No. So, so yeah, you were you were natural you were athlete. You were getting in. Natural That's athlete. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> natural athlete. I did. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you remember the shot. I think um, uh, Kate, who's one, of, who was one of the. Uh, uh, people to play with us. She served, and I, I think I returned it back with some welly. I think it was like a with some interest, with some interest, and it just kind of, kind of had loads of power on it, and just kind of went <laughs> down towards the ground, sort of thing. Yeah. So she couldn't really get anything back on it. That was probably a the finisher. Shot. That was yeah, that was a finisher. That was probably yeah. the shot. It's a flex, the shot of the game, flex. I must say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the highlight reel. We did call Hawkeye on it and it was out. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, that was fun. That was all good. Um, And yeah, that's pretty much me really and my Dan's Anecdote Corner um, for the week. Yeah, busy one. Um, As usual, uh, have you been up to date with Love Island? I have indeed. I have indeed. I'm feeling like the show... I'm, I'm not losing interest, but it's petering out a bit now. It gets to this stage... Of every series, and I used to have the same thing when I watched Big Brother, where every, it's it's either the same dramas are happening over and over again, yeah. or just everyone's quite happy and chill, and there's no yeah, that's exactly no what's moving happening. around. There's no moving about. It's yeah. just um, you've had the Michael and Amber thing has been going yeah. on for a couple of weeks Although, now. Michael the Turncoat Griffith. Yeah, he's he's 
you know, he's turning that coat, mate. He is. What is he up to? He can't seem to make up his mind. I know. Is he in? Is he out? Well, it seems like Joanna is probably completely out. You know, like if if he didn't leave the villa with her, yeah, he killed that. That's a statement in itself. Um, You know, if you're not going to go when she goes, then what's the point? Like, Mm. um, did you see the photos of Jack Fowler like meeting? I was just that was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, Yeah. and um, if. I uh, looked on her story last night and she was sort of commentating during the show <laughs> and kind of saying, oh, I'm, I'm upset about this and that. And then Jack Fowler was doing something at the same time and it was the same background. It was the yeah, same living room yeah, background. Same bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, God, don't want to start any conspiracies. Yeah, no, I don't know. Like, I'll leave but... that to Greg. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, what is that all about? I mean, I'm sure like that they're probably good friends. Um, but yeah, it's it definitely, I think it, came Raised out of the blue eyebrows. for a lot of yeah. people yeah um, but yeah I'm, I'm safe to say I'm pretty sure she's not waiting around for uh, Michael Griffiths the fireman yeah. um, anytime soon yeah. and Amber we don't yet know what her yeah. decision is going to be left on a bit of a cliffhanger last night it did yeah um, what do you reckon would you be disappointed if she went back in uh, I think she seems to be getting on quite well with the new boy the, the Irish guy okay I think Michael just I kind of hope she pies Michael. This is a, this is this is really her opportunity to get some revenge, basically yes, on him. One hundred percent. Just cut him, like just be like, look, you've messed me about, like blah blah. blah. I'm not interested. Gonna crack on with this guy. Gonna couple up with him, and then maybe Michael goes Ooh, as a single yeah. boy. Depends if she's caught them feels, mate. If she's caught them feels, and it seemed like she I did, know. but I think if this happened before he did that final. Because uh, he got a bit annoyed, didn't he? Uh, mm. It was about two episodes ago, and he sat her down and was like, "He said he went sit down, didn't he? Like he didn't, yeah. you know, he wasn't very polite. He was like, you know, yeah. my thoughts still on John. I'll see you later. Sit down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leave the accents uh, for those uh, professionals. Uh, yeah, he, you know, he, um, yeah, he weren't very nice to him, and he kind of, you know, made her get upset, and yeah, he kind yeah. of, uh, he kind of deaded it, didn't he? But it was dead in the water then, mm. so. For her to come back, for him to try and come back and her to accept the advances, I think there'll be a lot of disappointed mm. viewers. I think she will couple up with the Irish guy because she knows two weeks to go, like less than two weeks ago, a week and a half, even if she doesn't like this guy, she's only got a, like 10 days to sit through. And Ovi looks like he's probably maybe moving to this India girl. Yes, yes. Who is a... a he's, Went to the same school as my my wife actually. Yeah, yeah. Nice. They have uh, mutual friends. Yeah, I have colleagues that don't even watch Love Island, and they knew who this girl was apparently. Yeah, she used to be in Zoo and Nuts and stuff. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's a model. Uh, she was actually the year below my uh, my wife, but um, my wife's um, I'd say I don't want to use the word stylist, but someone who comes and does a bit of. You know, does does my wife's eyebrows say? So, you know, the girls like to look good. Uh, they they're really good friends. So um, uh, there's a some mutual friends there, and uh, yeah, she she told me beforehand that she was going in, and that right. her type would be was Ovi would be Ovi. <laughs> so when she went on a date with whatever his name is Chris, yeah, we don't even know his name, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was pretty shocked, but yeah, as soon as they got back in, yeah, the game, she sense. started making moves. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like those two are going to go their way, which makes me think that it's much more likely that um, if Amber sees that in the in the roadmap, 
that mm. Ovi might be coupling there, that means she's left on her own because they're obviously officially a couple. So I think she'll be more likely to... She at least is in a position where she has to make a decision. Yes. Because she can't. She hasn't got the safety of, oh, well, I'm in a friendship couple with Ovi and, and I've got that to rely on. Um, which means that either... I can't think... What's the Irish guy called? Craig? Yeah, Who'd Craig. Is it? Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <But> yeah, <coughs> either him or uh, choking here. Um, either him or uh, I, I'm I'm lost. I'm lost with names. I'm, oh, Michael, Michael, Michael Griffith. So either Michael or uh, the Irish guy. She's going to have to pick one of those. And I think she seems like she really likes um, what's his name? Greg. 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 There we go. Close to Craig some of the same letters um, <laughs> so yeah that's that's how I think that's going and the rest of the house to be honest like Tommy barely on screen anymore yeah um, that's what you, but remember last week or you said when we were speaking about uh, Dan, Danny yeah it's like when you get into when you've got no drama when you're too comfortable when you're yeah. too comfortable in the couple they, they just don't and you show don't, any airtime like, they don't want to dip into any of the drama either really I think yeah. Tommy, Tommy sort of stayed out of it yeah. even when it was the, the boys kind of sitting around yesterday and you had Michael discussing whether he should go and talk to Amber Yeah, it was like Ovi um, <laughs> straying into the names territory again but Ovi, Jordan and Chris I think were sat down with him Yeah, um, and Tommy wasn't even there no. I was thinking, what's he doing? He's obviously off with Molly May and the, the little elephant toy. Yeah. Um, doing whatever he, <laughs> you know, just making it to the end now because I think he is, he's pretty comfortable and yeah. I just, I'd, I'd love to see them not win. I would love to see Molly May and Tommy not win but I think what we'll see in the next week is the show themselves, like the producers, directors, whatever, editors will start to kind of filter in a lot more just Tommy and Molly content yeah. um, because I think they obviously will see them as the favourites and they'll be thinking right if people are going to tune in and watch the last week of Love Island we can't just have this couple that are never on screen actually yeah. win this they'll get them on some dates they'll get some yeah, that's message it. yeah they'll have the, yeah that'll be like Tommy and yeah, yeah Tommy and Molly May you're going to yeah. go on a date and basically yeah. reminisce about your entire sort of Ooh. journey on Love Island yeah. and that, that'll get because as well, obviously, they the more votes they get, the better as well. So they want to kind of encourage people to work themselves up into a position where they're like, right, I really want to vote for Tommy and Molly Mayo. Yeah. I really want to vote for Amber and uh, and Craig. Uh, so uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, get more get more data uh, that they can they can probably use yeah. some way. Because I don't I think it's free to vote, isn't it? Sign your life away. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much Love Island all uh, all, all said and done. Um, transition into the boxing round. Is yeah. that is that possible? Yeah, let's do um, it. Let's do it. That seems to be the usual way that we go these days. We go from uh, from Love Island to boxing, and as per, we will start you off with the boxing bell. And here it comes. Maybe no, no, no bell. Ding, ding, ding. Should I just do it myself? Mm-hmm. You can, and I'm not starting without the bell. I'm not starting. Get without the bell, the bell. sorted. Okay. Technical issues here. So three, two, one. Right. So uh, busy weekend of boxing. Um, we had quite a few uh, British fighters um, having bouts this weekend. So we had Huey Fury, who uh, and Amir Khan, who <coughs> were on a card in Saudi Arabia, Jeddah. 
Uh, <coughs> Huey Fury beat Samuel Peter in a seventh round uh, TKO. And uh, what's um? So I know I'm interrupting your round, using up seconds here. But what's Huey's relationship to Tommy? They are cousins. Cousins. Right? Yeah, he's cousin. Um, and Amir Khan uh, beat Billy Dib. Uh, in a fourth round uh, stoppage in the welterweight division, uh, the, he was meant to fight someone else, but uh, he got an injury, and Billy Dib was just a last-minute replacement, and yeah, he took care of him. Uh, I didn't watch either of those fights, but um, the UK guys did the business here in the UK at the O2. Uh, there was a, um, a show put on by Frank Warren, the Hall of Fame promoter. Um, we had Joe Joyce. The juggernaut uh, who uh, beat Bryant Jennings in the unanimous decision. So Joe Joyce keeps his WBA gold belt. Yes, that's a story for another day. There is too many belts in boxing. So um, yeah, he, he's retained his gold belt. And Daniel Dubois, the 21-year-old prospect, uh, beat Nathan Gorman. We spoke about that last week. He beat him in the fifth round stoppage. I did watch that. Uh, he looked in sumptuous form, Daniel Dubois. Um, there was a bit of needle, just uh, in the similar way that there was with AJ and Dylan White, and it was for that British title. Um, and yeah, he took he took care of him in a scintillating fashion. Uh, he knocked him down in the third, and then in the fifth, uh, he knocked him down again, and uh, Nathan Gorman didn't beat the count. So um, that was that. So yeah, um, on to bigger and better things. Um, and yeah, Nathan Gorman can come again. Um, he's still young, I think he's only 23. In fact, Daniel Dubois, um, there was a BT, Port, BT Sport Power stat which um, said that Daniel Dubois, he is the, I think, the second youngest uh, to win the British heavyweight title. I think Tyson Fury might be the youngest, or he, he won it on it at 21 years old, um, and uh, Daniel Dubois won it at 21 years old in five months or something along those lines. Um, so that's that. So he done he done a good job, but he has been boxing since he was seven, um, whereas some of the others started a bit later. Uh, so this weekend we've got a big, big, big card this weekend um, at the O2. Dylan White versus Oscar Rivas. Oscar Rivas ranked around between 10th and 12th across all sanctioning bodies. Uh, he's unbeaten, and obviously Dylan White is only had that loss to Andy Joshua uh, about four or five years ago. Uh, the undercard's looking pretty special as well. Derek Chisora, a UK fan's favourite, will be facing Artis Bilka, who was not cleaned out by Jonte Wilder a couple of years ago, although he was winning uh, on all cards until Jonte Wilder um, threw that big, big right hand. So that's a big one. Um, and Dave Allen, who is one of my favorite boxers, will be fighting David Price also on that card, along with Lawrence Coley and a few other UK uh, dons, uh, boxing dons. So uh, don't forget to check that one out over the weekend. Nice, nice, good solid boxing round. Uh, you didn't mention uh, Manny Pacquiao's fighting this weekend as well. He is, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So I tried to focus on the Brits. Of course, um, of course, but you will do. Yes, you will Manny do. Pacquiao you is- You say that very loud into the mic as well. <laughs> we love the Brits. <laughs> Manny Pacquiao, yeah, is taking on Keith Furman. Um, in, is that in uh, Vegas? It is in the MGN Grand in yeah. Vegas for the WBA welterweight title. Um, just listening to a few pundits and stuff. You know, um, on someone, YouTube and thingy, I think ITV. It is, yeah. ITV obviously got the rights, um, yeah, but it'll be a early, yeah, yeah, box office. It'll be, it's in America, so it'll be a nice early yeah. morning one. Uh, I don't think I'll be waiting up for stream that it. anymore. Uh, yeah, even purse. if you can sleep it, I don't be waking up at four or five in the morning from <laughs> for Manny Pacquiao now. He's yeah, well yeah, past yeah. his prime, but a lot of the pundits do believe he's going to win that one. Okay. Um, there is an interesting fact 
about this. Um, so when people do have uh, bouts, there's usually like VADA testing, which is voluntary anti-doping mm-hmm. uh, testing, which uh, especially people like Anthony Joshua and that they go through, which is the reason why Anthony Joshua fought Ruiz because uh, Jarrell Miller failed his VADA testing. Yep. Um, for this fight, for up to two weeks before the fight, which the fight's this weekend, so over the last week, there's been no anti-doping tests. Um, which is a strange one. Um, it was in the contract. It hasn't been revealed on which side has has put that stipulation in the contract. Rumors are that it's Manny Pacquiao. Of course. Um, but yeah, so up and so there've been there's apparently been random drug testing all before, but up until two weeks before the fight, there'd be no drug testing, which I just find very very just odd. Throw your boots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they buff, are going to be juiced up to the gills. Buffet style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I reckon so. So you know, if that is the case, then expect a knockout of some sort yeah, they yeah. Are well, that's be good pumped I mean, and ready yeah. it's not like um yeah i think people would like to see some sort of action some sort of big knockout there from manny pacquiao but yeah you'd be i guess if it's if, it, if both sides can take whatever they want for two weeks before the fight then uh worse things can happen exactly i mean yeah there has been calls for it just <clears throat> to be a free-for-all yeah and um you know you can just take what you want and because you know some people don't cheat some people do they get away with it if your pockets are deep enough or you know you somehow find a way to beat the system um so everyone's like well why don't you just let them all just crack on yeah and and just you know take what they want um and just let them off the leash yeah um, it should be like i think it would be quite interesting to just have like a not just boxing but just a off-brand kind of version of sports where <laughs> it is just drug sports like drug sports, pe- people yeah. just on as many steroids or performance enhancing drugs as yeah. possible just to see Last like, what, what, would ha- what would happen can you imagine like an olympics with athletes all on performance enhancing like what would the what would oh the, man what would the 100 meter time yeah, in 8 many, seconds <laughs> someone on 7.22 someone, just on a motorbike yeah <laughs> just in a, in a Tesla just driving up the uh, up the 100 meter track yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah like it would be it would be very interesting just to see I mean it must uh, you, you telling me like that it's not been done somewhere in some country or some even some university somewhere where they've actually they must someone must have run like sub nine seconds 100 meters yeah somewhere in the world just absolutely some bodybuilders gassed out up. their head like Dwayne Chambers style yeah, <laughs> yeah. just, just for, Maurice Green yeah yeah just yeah. Uh, this is just an in-house experiment yeah, let's yeah. Uh, see how fast I can yeah. go after being juiced up onto the gills yeah. and is here's a question is Tyson one of the best sporting names 100%. Tyson Gay, Tyson Fury, Mike Tyson. Yeah, yeah, uh, it is. There are yeah. more, I'm you, sure. If you, if you ha- ne- decide to name your son Tyson, he yeah. better not be an accountant. No, so no, no. He, he, he needs and to and be. And if he is, he's going to be <laughs> on the side, he's going to be some mega criminal. He's, you know, he's a yeah. proper <laughs> white-collar criminal. If yeah, 100%. Tyson the accountant is yeah. fiddling the books. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, he'd have to be fiddling the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't um, name him Tyson um, if you're going to send him uh, into an accountancy school. Um, Before so, we move on, all right, I did I it. did say he's still in boxing. I know I've well overstepped the mark. Yeah, a few mate, late blows. Fourth but round. We're in the fourth round now, yeah. Obviously, I said a stat about Dan Dubois being uh, the youngest. I don't know if that is, he is actually the youngest, 
but uh, the stat that BT Sport put out was a list of uh, British heavyweight titles. So you had uh, Dylan White, Derek Tazora, Andy Joshua, Lennox Lewis, and Tyson Fury, and Daniel Dubois. Dan- on that list, Daniel Dubois is the youngest, but being 21 and 10 months. Tyson Fury, the second youngest, 22 and 11 months, and then the rest were all about 25 or 26 okay. when they won the British title. But um, yeah, so I just wanted to make sure I got that stat yeah. right. Um, Finding 25 is the new... 19 it is in, isn't it? in sports yeah like it definitely um a lot of players sort of breaking through later now mm. um, but that's that's one for another day um so we are the back to football podcast and that means that at the end of every show we eventually go back to football um we're in that kind of nether zone at the moment between international summer tournaments and the start of the premier league yes um there's transfer stuff you know so so but um, we won't focus too much on that. So instead, this week we've got a Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Um, which, Good reviews from our Mount Rushmore yeah, uh, exactly, segment yeah. last week. So we we'll we'll bring it. that back. People absolutely <laughs> loved it. They went mad for it, John. Um, and uh, this this week's Mount Rushmore is inspired by one of the transfers that happened this week. That was Ravel Morrison of uh, Man United's youth academy fame. Uh, had a spell at QPR, etc., etc. But um, <laughs> He, I think he played for Lazio as well. He's out he in did. Lazio for he a did. bit. Yeah. Um, he signed for a Premier League team this week in Sheffield United, uh, joining the likes of uh, Phil Jagielka uh, in that Sheffield United squad for this season. But a player of of huge talent. Um, but it's said that you know his his attitude has sort of let him down yes. over the years, and this is really a, a good chance for Ravel to. Maybe prove uh, last the, chance, the doubt was wrong. Yeah, probably the last chance. Yeah. How old is he? Uh, I think he's twenty six. It's, yeah. it's the new nineteen. It's the new nineteen. So uh, on that note, we'll do a Mount Rushmore of mm-hmm. players that were supposed to be good, um, but didn't <laughs> quite um, follow through on yeah. on that hype. Um, so John, I'm going to let you uh, open me, this one up. up. Yeah, how um, kind of you. So who's who's first? All right. So uh, off the top of the head, my first one, uh, controversially, will be Theo Walcott. Now, as an Arsenal supporter, uh, we bought Theo Walcott for well, I believe ten million pounds or something like that from yeah. uh, Southampton. With he, interest these days, that's like sixty mil. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, you know, he was. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't have, didn't know too much about him before we signed him. But as you do, if you don't know too much about a player, you go back and you check the highlight reel. He was scoring goals left, right, and centre, lobbing the keeper for fun. Came to Arsenal. He even got selected to play for England. Madness. Was on that plane before kicking the ball for Arsenal. Sven. Sven went on a complete mad one, and I just don't think he ever lived up to the to the hype. Um, apart from kicking the ball and chasing after it, I don't remember <laughs> seeing him ever beating a player. Um, yeah. He had no skill really. Um, he had a, a decent uh, ish season, I think around 2013, 14 maybe, and then he got that injury um, when he was given the sign to Spurs the two nil. Was it we were beating them two nil in a game? And he got injured, but apart from that, he's just, in my opinion, he's flattered to deceive. I don't really, still don't know what his best position is. Um, he's what we can now call him. He's thirty now, so we can now call him three O Walker. Three O Walker. That's um, a peep show reference. It is, and I, I'm going to put. This is going to sound harsh, but I think he's nicked a living. Yeah, he's nicked a living for the last fourteen, fifteen years. Um, there are a lot better players than him, or I have seen players that are better than him not make it. 
who is, here's a genuine question, who's a better export from Southampton, uh, Theo Walcott or Craig David? Craig David. Yeah. Okay. All the way. Yeah. Craig David even made a Love Island appearance. <laughs> so there you go. Exactly. Uh, okay, so that's your first face up on uh, Mount Rushmore. My first player that was supposed to be good. Uh, I think this is the, for me, this is the holy grail of players that should have been good. It's Freddie Adu. Freddie Adu. Um, he was he was the he was the next Pele uh, back in probably about two thousand four. Um, you could sign him on any game, Championship manager, football manager, FIFA, Pro Evo, and he developed into this world superstar, yeah. world beating superstar, um, and it just never followed through. Uh, and I'll check up on what Freddie's latest uh, club is. I know he played for sort of DC United yeah. and uh, a number of different uh, teams throughout the states uh, apparently he's with the Las Vegas Lights uh, that was for 2018 uh, but he's currently not got a club some of the clubs he has played for DC United Real Salt Lake Benfica he played for Monaco for a season and he also played for Philadelphia Union uh, and a club in Finland somewhere but yeah Freddie Adu is my first face on there um, as we're doing the old snake draft my second is Adele Tarat. Adele um, Tarat. It kind of pains me actually to put him in this category, to put him in the players that should have been good that weren't. Good player. Because, He's a good player. I mean, I'm choking up just saying that because <laughs> it's emotional. But um, at QPR, he was incredible. I think he might be the most talented player that I've seen uh, actually live okay. in terms of what he could do with a football. Yeah, he was a good player. was insane. He, was player. he had that ball on a string. like um, Probably most nutmegs and uh, all that that I've ever seen. Um, but just he enjoyed a burger too Ooh. much. Yeah. Um, didn't train hard enough. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he's, he's kind of... He could have been probably one of the top... He could have been Riyad Mahrez or... Um, yeah, one of those very kind of talented, but yeah, just didn't follow through on it. So yeah, uh, an attitude issue there, I think. Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a game actually where I saw him, um, where Fulham beat QPR. I think it was five one, and he got subbed at half time, and he just left the ground and uh, got the bus home. Mm. Apparently, um, but yeah, a delta at such a shame. It's not on, not on that. He's yeah, my second pick. So it's back to you for two. Okay, so I'm going to go with. Michael Johnson. Do you remember Ooh. Michael Johnson? Um, he was talked about being the sort of the next sort of Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard. Yep. Um, he was a product of the Leeds United uh, Academy. Um, I think Man City and Everton as well. But yeah, he was a man. He was Man City. He had a uh, season 2006, 2007. Um, he was brilliant. And then I don't not even sure what happened. Like he was talked about as being this next big thing. Um, I don't know if he got an England call up or not, but it was definitely being talked about. And he just disappeared. I think I saw a photo of him, you know, a year ago, and he was just big and fat. Um, uh, I think he had some gambling issues. Did he get involved with that like Dubry lot? You know, Michael Dubry, and they had a bit. They had a. Big scandal. Was he around at that same could time? Could have been. Could have been. But it's all right. We don't have to fact check it. We don't have to fact check could it. Could have been. I mean, he's uh, 31 now. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe a bit too young then for Yeah, that. he's 31 now. And he, I mean, yeah, I would never saw him after 2006-07. So he was a great 400 meter runner though. <laughs> World record holder for many years. Yeah. Um, who's, your ne- who's your next pick? My next pick will be Josh Merck. 
Kekri. Um, I remember a few years ago, I had the privilege of doing Chelsea's Next Asian Soccer Star. So remember they used to do Chelsea's Next Soccer Star, used yes. to be on TV and stuff. They actually did one uh, for Asians. Um, so yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't take part unless you were Asian. Um, I ended up Wait, being one of the- How are you involved? <laughs> <laughs> Dad's face. I mean, if you, it's a shame uh, you have no. This is not being filled, but Dad's face is just puzzled. Uh, what was I doing there? Given the fact that I am clearly not a. <laughs> um, one of my lecturer actually was uh, on the on the course that I studied. He actually wait. Josh McEachern's not Asian either. No, listen, listen, let me All get right. to the end of the story. You've asked me to dissect and go on All a tangent. Right, okay. Let me just get there and then we'll come back. Right, so. Uh, my lecturer, my former lecturer, uh, he actually worked for Chelsea. I think he did like one of the younger teams, under-14s or something like that. And um, he was tasked with the job of providing the coaches for that. Okay. Um, and they must have not have had enough Chelsea Foundation coaches or whatever. But a group of us, or maybe he was just a nice nice guy, a group of us on the course had the opportunity to go down and be the coach. So we had our clipboards, taking names, doing drills and and kind of giving our opinions to the scouts and stuff that were there, making a decision. Anyway, while we were there, we got a tour. I never think we met some of the coaches, fantastic facility. We saw DJ Drogba. Um, oh. Yeah, Drogba. We got a chance to, I held Lampard's boots, all their boots were in. We're going to the boot room and we, you know, we got to see everyone's boots, some big feet in there. Um, yeah. Literally. SCM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Drogba. <laughs> Definitely some big feet. Um, uh, and big socks uh, yeah. but uh, yeah so anyway cut to the chase long story short not really um, I then we met one of the coaches that were down there or one of the strength conditioning guys who was waxing lyrical to all of us about how great Josh Wiketkun was and he was going to be the next best thing he's better than um, um, Jack Wilshire because at the time they were around the same age I think they're about 16 and it was kind of all about Jack Wilshire and he's like no this guy's going to go way beyond Jack Wilshire he's so much better unfortunately mate that didn't happen. I mean, Jack Wilsh is still... Jack Wilsh could be on the, the, this <laughs> To be fair, he could be, up. but he's in a Premier League club, he's at West yeah. Ham, and without the injuries, you yeah. know, he probably would still be an Arsenal player or could be a, could have been yeah, a bigger been club. England top player. Yeah, but Joshua Kekwin, he is now um, at Brentford. Yeah, this is this a good, good club. This is a good club, but it's more about the hype that was surrounding him yeah, at yeah. the time, more than the level that We'd he is We'd expect now. him to be at United or yeah. Liverpool or something by this point. Yeah, yeah so that's, um, my, that's my third So I got, I got two picks now, and then you've got one to, to end it off. Um, first one I'm going to go for is um, Kiko Makeda, or Frederico Makeda. Yes. Obviously scored that iconic goal for Man United, basically winning them the league, uh, becoming probably one of Sir Alex Ferguson's forever sort of treasured players um but obviously yeah he didn't quite um follow on from that hype i think he's playing out in greece now um and his goal record is actually not too bad but you'd think actually when he when he did score that goal and came onto the scene at united people probably really did think he was going to be something huge uh for the premier league and world football in general so i think he kind of just made such a huge entrance that there was no way that he was ever going to kind of follow through on that. Um, And I've got a lot of honourable mentions here, which um, I'll go through after you give your pick. But I'm going to say my last pick, and this one, I think it's quite harsh on this guy because he had a career that was just plagued by injury. But another Man United Youth Academy player, born in New Jersey, represented Italy at international level, Giuseppe Rossi. Oh, um, that's a bit a harsh. Brilliant player. Well, it's, that is it a is, bit 
harsh. It's not harsh in terms of what the hype around him was. He could and what he could have been. It's similar to a Delta Rat. He could have been one of the best players ever. And I think had he chosen to play for the USA at international level and stayed fit, he easily would have gone down as better than Dempsey, better than McBride, better than Donovan. Uh, he was the most talented US-born player, I think, um, I've seen. Outfield player, at least. Mm. Uh, some good goalies, Casey Keller, Brad Friedel. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Man United won. Tim Howard. Tim Howard. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Giuseppe Rossi, unfortunately, because like I say, one of my favourite players. Interestingly, I think he did actually play on the same team as Adelta at, at uh, Genoa in okay. Italy uh, two yeah. seasons ago, um, which uh, that year was my favourite team to use on FIFA. There you go. There you yeah, go. So that's that's my two. Uh, I've got some honourable mentions, but I'll let you get in your last one. Okay, my last one. Do you remember a player called Giovanni? Played yeah. for Barcelona. Yeah. Um, he yeah he was at Barcelona. He was touted at being like kind of up there the next Rivaldo, Ronaldinho, etc. But um, they got him in two thousand and one, and he made fifty appearances over two seasons. Over two seasons, but he never really looked like uh, the player that he was touted out to be. And um, eventually went on loan to Benfica. Um, who didn't want to pay for him uh, right. towards the end of the season Creepy. after the loan so then he then went to Lisbon after that um, uh, it, it, I think he had a spell at Man City and Hull if I remember yeah. correctly yeah he did um, he where was, he done Hull he was quite good Hull, I was going to say at Hull he was good I remember him yeah. scoring a good few goals but he was touted at being kind of the next Rivaldo um, at Barcelona and it didn't quite didn't quite happen so he ended up at Hull there you okay. go. So to get onto my honourable mentions, um, I've got Dembele, which is just a general term, Dembele. Mm-hmm. Um, not going to specify which Dembele, <laughs> but just generally Dembele could be up on the on the uh, Mount Rushmore. I've got Jose Baxter, um, who was touted to be an England legend. Uh, at this point in time, Martin Odegaard, the young Norwegian that signed for Real Madrid, right, he's okay. still up on that Mount Rushmore for me. Um, there's a few... Um, well I've got two categories here left basically one of them is championship manager players that never actually became as good as they did in the game which was for me that was Labinot Harbuzi Fabio Paim and Alexander Farnerud uh, and then the other category for me is kids of former great players so any of the Zidane kids none of them really like became as good as they were and also Maldini yeah. uh, Maldini's son yes. who's now 24 or whatever the new 18 Um was touted to possibly be Italy captain one day. He uh, where's, he where's he now? Somewhere in like Serie C or something oh, in in Italy. So um, the Maldini kids, the Zidane kids, the Beckham kids, none of them were good. No, footballers. one of them was at Arsenal, weren't they? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's you know what? the few names you've mentioned there could have gone on to that list ahead of Rossi, in my opinion. A few I love ones. Rossi. Look, yeah. I just wanted to talk that about that Odegaard Rossi. player. Martin Odegaard, Martin Odegaard, yeah. Odegaard. Well, he, he's just signed a permanent contract, I think, with, uh, I'm not sure his transfer or a loan, but with Raul Sociedad. And he's been very good. He's played at Heronveen last season. So he has, but, you know, we're comparing it to the hype versus where yeah. they actually are. There was a lot of hype around him. Around Odegaard, the hype was huge. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, possibly on there. But I think for me, Gis- Get Odegaard on Giuseppe there. Rossi. Get Giuseppe off. Is, Giuseppe Rossi's on the list for reasons out of his control. Okay. Um, whereas some of these other players just weren't good enough. 
Giuseppe Rossi is injuries all the way. Okay. Uh, it's a bad physio maybe along the yeah. way somewhere. But yeah, legend for Villarreal. Played in a Villarreal team with like Santi Cazola and uh, Juan Ramon Raquel May. Oh, what Ah, uh, uh, Raquel May. Up there with my greatest of all time. Uh, um, okay, we- we'll end it on that because that is terrible. <laughs> oh, Raquel May. Greatest of all time. Yeah. Nah, yeah. We'd have to, all right, guys, we are going to have to discuss that next on week, the next Back to Football segment, and we'll we definitely be debating that. The Mount Rushmore of goats. Mount Rushmore of goats, yeah, we yeah. can do that. Okay, that's coming up then next week. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we've overran slightly, um, but uh, it's been a good show. It's been a Mount great Rushmore. show. Uh, Best so- one yet? Yeah, best one yet. Of course, every week's best one yet. Every week's best one yet. Uh, We will be back same time next week. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you soon. See you later.